being imitators of God and what that means next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi there, and again, welcome to the broadcast. This is Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, featuring our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Back in Ephesians, we are told to become imitators of God, and indeed, that is a characteristic of those of us who are children of the light. Those who are Christians, believers in Christ, we long to be like Him. So how do we do that and what it looks like? It's what we're talking about today. Won't you join us? Here now, once again, with today's broadcast of Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard. Why Christians ought to be pure? Besides being God's children, I want to just pick up five things he says in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 4, look at these five motives for purity. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how you, you should live in order to please God as in fact you are living. However you live, live to please God. That ought to be the motive of every believer, right? You want to please him who saved you, who bought you. Now, uh, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. And that means set apart, set apart from evil set apart unto God, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Now, you want to do God's will? That's clear. I hardly ever have anyone read, what's God's will? And they're in an immoral relationship. it's, It's God's will that you be moral. It's God's will that you quit living with that girl. It's God's will that you quit having sex outside of marriage. That's God's will. It's a way to please God. He said that. Then he said that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. When your body is under the control of the Spirit, it honors God and you honor yourself. It's an honorable thing. And he said, not in passionate lust like the heathen, The heathen we expect to be unrestrained because they have no Holy Spirit who do not know God and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. Love can never do wrong to a brother, can it? Love can never hurt anyone. And he's saying in the context, immorality wrongs somebody besides yourself. You're doing wrong. So he says, we know that love doesn't work that way. Don't hurt anyone. Fifth thing, he said, you become a candidate and you may manifest that you are an object of divine wrath. Because he says, and that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. To ever trifle with these absolutes, you're messing with God. This is not the apostle's invention. This is God's word. Now, I know what the culture says, do anything. 
Buy condoms. Just don't get caught. Uh, oh, if you love her, it doesn't count for immorality. We're going to get married. I've heard them all. Uh, we really love each other. And you just don't know how strong the temptations are. Uh, none of that is said here. God says, do you want to please me? Do you want to honor me? Do you want to do my will? Do you want to flee those things that brings the wrath of God? Do you want to do the loving thing? This is the motive. We've come to love God. There's a great message that was preached years ago, the expulsive power of a new affection. If you don't love God, live as you please. If you don't know God, live as you please. We do not preach ethics to an unsaved world. They're going to hell anyway. And I'm not happy about that, but it doesn't matter. Changing their lifestyle is not what they need. They need a savior. But when we talk to the household of faith and believers, we've got divine authority. And in you and I, there ought to be that divine uh, reply. A man of the soul that says, this is the voice of my father. This is the voice of God. And when you come to know him, if you don't love him more than sex, you don't know him. For he that is born of God cannot continue to practice sin, for his seed remains in him. But he that practices sin is of the devil, 1 John 3, 6 through 9. That includes you. If you love to practice sin, you're of the devil. You must be born of the Spirit of God to love, to please this God. That is the miracle of the new birth. New desires. No longer satisfied with the husk of this world. I have come to a new table spread out with good things like righteousness, goodness, love, joy, purity. God's brought me to a feast. I've given up the corn husk of a prodigal life. This is the power of the cross and the Holy Spirit. The, this culture is no worse than the culture he was preaching to. God saves people out of it, and he introduces them not to the gloom and doom, I'm saved and all the fun's over. No, the joy has begun. I've tasted of him that has caused joy unspeakable and full of glory to abound. I now find an incredible joy in doing what pleases my Father. You hear the son saying, I always do those things which please him. That becomes the new affection of the new believer. That's how we know you're really saved. Otherwise, you're probably not saved. And I don't want anyone to sit under my preaching and go to hell thinking they're saved because they attend this church. You must look for the evidence. Have I been changed by a new birth? Has God changed me? And don't tell me an omnipotent God isn't stronger than sex drives. I will call you a liar on the authority of the living word of God. God is greater than any bodily passion. And when he's in control, his grace is sufficient to deliver you from all those seductive voices, all those seductive desires that would dash you on the rocks and destroy your testimony and your life. He's a great and powerful Savior. He, he enables you to do what he saves you for. Now, I want to be practical, and I, I don't have an exhaustive list, but I came up with some ways that I think could help you in this culture and in this world full of temptations. 
how to escape this area of sexual temptation. And uh, this is not a temptation of the young, it's the temptation of life. All of us have to deal with this. Uh, I don't think silence is the answer to dealing with the dilemma, do you? I think we ought to address it. We ought to go to God's Word. Let's begin on the 10 things. Uh, the first thing sounds so simple. If you'll focus your mind around God, get your life centered on Him, you'll keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Jehovah. And Colossians says, set your affections on things above. And when he says, do that, then he winds up saying, and put to death the deeds of the body. But you won't deal with the body until you get your mind set up there. You've got to wrap your mind around God. Uh, the word for stayed, by the way, in the Hebrew, that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Jehovah. The word means to wrap a cord. It means to wrap your thoughts around God. Just to wrap it. Stay your mind on God. Thoughts of God always deliver from temptation. Great thoughts. And I think of Joseph when he was being seduced by Potiphar's wife. He said, how can I do this thing against God? And in his mind, God was in that bedroom or in wherever that place was that she made the play for him. And he, he pulls away and he runs and she grabs the cloak. But in his mind, I cannot give in to you because God is in this place, and I'm living my life before God. He's the one I answer to. It's why your secret life must have as much integrity as your public life. They say that a man's reputation is what he does in the light. His character is what he does in the dark. So you, you want to hold those together. The second thing uh, I would say, and it goes right along with this, is Philippians Train your mind to think on pure things. Uh, I think of Philippians 4, 8 here. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, uh, I think you've, you've got to be in charge of your ear gate and the eye gate to see if the things you're bringing into the body by the way of hearing and by seeing, if it's good, if it's pure, if it's noble. Uh, I mean, what's this guy, Emini, or is that how you say his name? I mean, uh, you know, making millions off of filth. You know, language you should not want a lady to hear. Uh, but he knows how to market it. So much a rap. It's not the rap sound. It's the rap message. The words. Words. You've got to pay attention to words. And we've got to avoid those things. How about memorizing scripture? Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. Jesus quoted Psalm 69. Jesus quoted he didn't get out of concordance and start looking up a verse when the devil tipped. He already had it memorized. How many verses can you quote by heart? Think on that which is holy. Think on that which is pure. We're accountable for what our minds feed on. And we feed on, our mind feeds on what we see and what we hear, right? That's how it gets in the mind. You don't just, oh, I feel something pure. 
oh, it feels holy. No, no, no. You got to read it. You got to hear it. So get rid of all the, if you're a young believer, you ought to get rid of most of all the secular music, especially, you know, the ones that's always trying to get you in bed or take drugs or, you know, uh, get rid of that. Get rid of it. Burn them up. I had to get away from all that stuff, and the messages weren't hardly even that negative when I got saved, but I just had to get off of rock and roll and rhythm and blues to get close to God, so I gave my records to Jim Snyder, and you see what he's done to him. <laughs> because I couldn't live for God and keep that message and that environment and that stuff in my ears all the time, and so I ran to black gospel, ran to southern gospel. I went with stuff that was a little upbeat, but I wanted to get a different message. I want a different message. Still love those sounds. I love to hear B.B. King sing. I do. I love blues. But I can't be listening to that stuff all the time and have a mind that's on pure, noble, holy, uplifting things. What you watch and what you hear is going to determine what you feel inside eventually. You become what you eat. And the way our mind feeds is sight and ears. Well, third point there, uh, well, let's just say number four. It goes right along with it. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes that I would not gaze upon a virgin. What he's saying, I learned to train my eyes uh, that if there was a seductive female around, if I could avoid it, I train my eyes not to be looking at her. Uh, for us, it'd be pornography, maybe a seductive person. But he trained his eyes. I'm not going to be looking where I know I will lust. So he's making a covenant with his eyes to try to put them where, as much as he could, that he would take in a positive message. So make that covenant with your eyes. Now, Pastor Rollins gave me a great uh, insight, talking the difference between us and animals is uh, stimulus and response. That an animal, as he was explaining this to me, sees something, let's say other animals are in heat, they're just instinctively built. There's stimuli, there's response. That's just how it happens. For us, as human beings, God has built in a pause button. Is that right? We hit the pause button. That here I'm going along, and all of a sudden, some seductively dressed woman or uh, a piece of pornographic literature's in the, you know, coffee room or whatever, and boom, I, I see it. I didn't plan it, it's just there. Now, the temptation is not a sin, is it? Temptation is not sin. Stimulation is not sin. But boom, I, I see this, and all right, I've been, there's a stimuli, now we're waiting for a response. But I get to hit the pause button. Don't pause too long now. Some of you have been looking for an hour trying to pause. So, whoa, I'm looking at the Creator's handiwork. How wonderful. Oh, I just see God. No, you don't. You see a figure. So, you got, so I think you're paused, but you've got about two seconds. And it's either going to be a gong or because you're going to make a decision to lust or to flee. You've got about two seconds. Ooh. meditate, nope, run, or close your eyes and become that bleeding Pharisee that walks, I can't see it, boom, 
walked into the wall. Close your eyes. Don't do it on the freeway. Get away. Response. You're not an animal. When you see the stimuli, you don't have to lust. It is a decision to lust. To see was maybe not your choice. It just happened. So you're not accountable with all these girls going around here and we've seen more navels than we've ever seen before. The naval destroyers. And, uh, uh, you know, I, don't, I didn't tell girls to start showing their navel. I don't, it just doesn't do a thing for me. But I can't change the dress code. And I sometimes get men in the church tell me, I want you to dress the women a little bit different. Well, I'm sorry, they don't call me and ask what they're going to wear before church. Now, I hope a woman learns how to dress, but her dress code is not char- in charge of my heart. Hear me, men, don't use her as your excuse. Because maybe what are you going to do with an unsaved woman that's out to get you and dress? Hey, you're not a slave to the stimuli. You get to make a choice how you respond. Thank God we do. Moving right along. Uh, Third, I want to go back to this. Be assured that a life lived under the control of the Spirit delivers from the works of the flesh. He said, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh And the first categories he deals with in Galatians are sexual sins. Uh, The the primary bent of the sin nature will be to be immoral. So if you walk in the Spirit, if you're relying on the Holy Spirit, He's all the power you need to overcome. And as I say, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent power. This other is not omnipotent. Let's not keep empowering uh, sexual temptations and those sins Let's quit empowering it with omnipotent power. No, the greater power is the power of God. And uh, uh, then let's go down here to number five. I think we've touched that. Uh, Deal with the lust or covetousness, uh, covetousness of the heart by sharing it with the Father and turning from the lust. He said, whosoever lusteth after a woman has committed adultery with her. And I make the distinction, seeing the woman is not lust. It's making the choice after you've seen her what you're going to do. And so I think uh, what, what would be an appropriate response if you saw a stimuli that was saying uh, uh, be immoral or dirty in your mind, the thing I would encourage is run to God the Father immediately. Father, I just was tempted. Uh, this is what I face. And I just want to tell you, I want to keep you informed that I know what happened, and I'm fleeing to you. And so keep current with God, because when you're planning to sin, you're shut down towards God. You don't want to tell him, because you might get some divine input. And so I say, tell him that. Uh, I don't care if you're thinking, if a thought just runs through your mind, uh, our mind is crazy. You can be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, a weird thought can go through it. So immediately just take it to the Lord. Say, Father, I don't know where that thought came from, You said in Matthew 15, out of the heart, weird stuff comes. And I just want to confess it to you, share it with you. I don't endorse it. I don't want to do it. And I want to share it with you. I think it it keeps you uh, free flowing in your spirit, that you're not hiding out. Uh, Sixth thing is the Bible says, don't make any provision or forethought to uh, carry out the lust of the flesh. And 
I think this is where pornography plays in big time. If you uh, put the wrong kind of literature in your life and the wrong kind of film, it will set you up to carry out sin and you're being set up. So make no provision to do those things of the flesh. Don't give yourself credit for being so strong you won't be seducted. You will. So avoid those things and avoid going to those places or those deeds that set you up for the old life. Just know that you're capable of doing it. You're susceptible. So you make no provision, and the Greek word is no forethought. No forethought in doing any kind of sin. Then he says something very practical in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. And I always say it to young people. I, I, I think I've got to say it to everybody. This is not a young people problem. Like I said, it's a human problem. But he says in 6.18 of 1 Corinthians, flee from sexual immorality. Now, he never says that about Satan. You can't flee Satan. You have to stand and fight him. Ephesians says stand when Satan tempts you. But when a temptation to sexual immorality comes, he says the first thing to do is to flee it. Because you cannot uh, win in the battle gazing upon the seduction, gazing upon whatever it is that's tempting you, whether it's the literature or a person, staying there and saying, I'll just stay here and pray about it. I'll just pray and just kind of, you, you know what you do? You, you, you put on your uh, Nikes and you run and pray. You run. Uh, and by the time you run a mile, maybe the run will do you as much good as God. But you've got to get out of the environment of the temptation. You can't negotiate with it. It will make the best of people do the most foolish things in 15 minutes for which they're sorry the rest of their life. It is an illogical passion once it's yielded to. It, 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 it costs you your children, your marriage, your ministry. Uh, believe me, uh, I know of many a man, many a woman who would love to roll the clock back. But what you can do in 15 minutes can bring shame on you and your dear wife, her husband, the rest of your life. And we're grown up enough here to know many have already done that. And it's amazing how much pain you can live with even though you're forgiven. Because forgiveness does not take away the pain. It does not take away the shame many times. And so do not hang around to negotiate with this seductive voice. Run, flee from sexual immorality. Uh, I think it'd be logical if you had to ask for a, a transfer from your job. If there's somebody trying to seduce you there and you feel the weakness, see if you can get to another part. If you don't, find a way to flee. Uh, find a way to rely on the Spirit. Take it serious. Studying God's Word that we might grow in grace, that we might be encouraged in our walk and relationship with Him. You're listening to Truth For Today and Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us this morning. It's our prayer that our time together has done just that, encouraged you in your relationship with Christ, bolstered you up for the day. 
If you would like to review today's broadcast, copies are available when you contact us. We also have the series today's message was taken from, other resource materials available as well, the recent books authored by our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. They can all be found at our website, valleybible.org. A lot of resource materials available there, other CDs and series as taught by Pastor Phil Howard recently here at Valley Bible Church. Again, they're all found at our store online, valleybible.org. If you wish to speak with someone directly, call during business hours, Monday through Friday, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you'd like to know where we meet for worship, service times, directions, location, it can all be found at our website, valleybible.org, and we would love to see you. Please consider this a formal invitation to join us for worship if you're not involved in a church near you. Again, directions can be found at valleybible.org or by calling 855 855- 833-9864. And again, we mention it from time to time, it bears repeating, as TFT sustainers, financial partners with the radio broadcast, you ensure the continuation of this broadcast here on KFAX. Would you prayerfully consider how you might partner with us financially? And then call us. Let us know that you're interested in becoming a TFT sustainer. We'll pass along our quarterly newsletter to you, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. The weekly video devotional will be available as well. Again, valleybible.org for more information or call 855-833-9864. No gift is too large or too small. We'd love to hear from you. Call us today and then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Pastor Phil Howard.